0: Welcome to the Truth for Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Well, hello, good day. This is Truth for Today, and uh, we're going through all sorts of different subjects in the Bible, and today, I felt led to just talk about Jesus Christ and how magnificent and superior He is uh, in in every way. The Bible says He does all things well, and uh, that's certainly true. And it says that He gives us new life, new birth, and uh, He makes us a new creation. So. Let's go into some of these areas and look at them a little bit more deeply and understand uh, the revelation that the Apostle Paul had of the Lord Jesus Christ. These things are very relevant uh, to our Christian walk and to understanding how to succeed and be victorious and live above uh, all the you know tests and trials that we're facing today, all the challenges, and to Walk in a place in God. You know, every Christian who has received Christ as their Lord and Savior has the ability through the indwelling Holy Spirit to walk in a place with God and to understand the will of God, the plan of God, walking in the purpose of God every day. And, you know, that's where you're going to find the greatest fulfillment. You know, we're put on this earth for a divine purpose. Uh, And we're, we're not just here... You know, trying to make the best of it. No, we're here by divine purpose to fulfill a divine assignment of God. And the Bible says every Christian has a heavenly calling. Well, that certainly should pique our interest that we have a heavenly calling and uh, that God is going to uh, reveal that to us. We're going to discover that as we seek the Lord, as we uh, read uh, the scriptures and pray. Uh, and as we listen to the Spirit of God, we're, we're going to discover our purpose and calling. And when we discover it, I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to find the path of fulfillment for our lives. We're going we're gonna to see things that, uh, you know, God do things in our lives that we never dreamed possible. So let's get into the Word of God today. I'm going to start, I'm going to hop all around. Uh, different epistles, and I don't know where else the Lord's going to lead me, but we're going to start in the book of Galatians, and we're going to start with Galatians chapter one, verse one, so if you have your Bible, uh, you know, open it up to Galatians chapter one, and we're going to start in verse one today, and we're going to go over some of these really, really powerful um, revelations that Paul had of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. So right away he gets into uh, affirming that Christ uh, was the one who called him and, uh, and that God had indeed raised Christ from the dead, that he was alive and uh, well and uh, working on this earth. And then in verse 2, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia was a region in Asia Minor uh, where Paul ministered and uh, helped establish churches and taught them uh, apostolic truths that uh, laid a foundation in their life uh, for the future and uh, enabled them to uh, succeed and finish complete what God has called them to do. Verse three, grace to you and peace from God the Father. Well, he always seems to address his readers, the readers of these uh, apostolic epistles with uh, grace to you. In other words, God's ability to you, God's power to you. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. So right away, he's confirming that Christ is the Messiah, the the Savior, the the sacrifice, the Lamb of God who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. Now, this is a great uh, great truth and a great statement of the Apostle Paul, how God's intention was for every believer, every Christian, every born-again believer in Christ, everyone who's received him as Lord and Savior, to be delivered from this present evil world. In other words, not to be under the dominion of a, uh, you know, an evil world uh, system that would try to enslave and and put people, you know, in bondage of any kind. Uh, And so we're, we're living in the kingdom of God. It says in the book of Colossians, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of God in whom we have redemption. The forgiveness of sins. So here Paul is making mention of that same truth uh, in a few other, in a different way. That he Christ might deliver us from this present evil world, according to the will of God and our Father. That's God's will that we not be, uh, you know, crushed or taken advantage of or. Uh, deceived by the evil in this world. It's not saying, you know, the earth is evil. It's not. It's talking about the world system here, the cosmos in the Greek. You know, it's a very corrupt system and uh, certainly many people are enslaved by dictators and, uh, you know, all sorts of people that uh, want to control their lives. So that's what it's talking about here. Okay, so verse five, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. You know, God be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse six. And then he talks about how some of them were turning away after they had received Christ and they were being seduced and deceived by different philosophies, different doctrines, and indeed even different gospels that people were preaching. So I'm going to drop down. I'm going to pass over that. And I'm going to drop down to verse 11 in Uh, Galatians chapter 1, but I certify you, brethren, or actually I'm informing you, I'm making known to you, brethren, uh, that the gospel which was preached of me is not according to man. It wasn't man's gospel. It it wasn't, uh, you know, contrived by the thought of man uh, or by some, you know, religious uh, men that decided they were going to, uh, you know, create a religion. No, knowing Christ is a relationship. It it has nothing to do with, uh, creating a religion and abiding by, uh, religious laws and traditions. No, it's freedom. It's freedom from every kind of religious bondage there is. It's freedom to follow God. It says all those who, uh, you know, are led by the spirit of God. These are sons of God. Uh, Romans 8, 14. So, uh, When you receive Christ, the Spirit of God comes to live in you. And the Bible says, uh, do you not know that you're a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So yeah, the Spirit of God comes to live in you and and God's life is in you and God begins to guide you, teach you by the Holy Spirit and begins to lead you in his way, the way that God has planned for you to walk and live and uh, the things he's uh, called you to accomplish on this earth. For I certify you, brethren, or make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not according to man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by a direct revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, the Lord Jesus Christ revealed to Paul the message of salvation, the gospel that he was to preach, and that he successfully preached all over the known world at that time. He even reached into Spain. And uh, Paul was a messenger, apostle, a sent one of God. And he had a message that turned the world upside down. It was a very powerful message. And his witness of the living Christ uh, was so powerful that, uh, you know, people were like, Wow, they were receiving miracles. They were receiving uh, tremendous light and understanding, spiritual wisdom and understanding of God himself. Uh, The blinders were being taken off their eyes, and they were coming face to face with God himself. And uh, they were seeing the reality of God, the existence of God, the power of God, and the love of God. And so this was a tremendous message, gospel that God gave to Paul to preach. And uh, and then, uh, you know, it talks a little bit about his past uh, history in, in uh, the Jews' religion uh, and so forth, and I'm going to go on from there. But then he says here, because he was a persecutor of the church, and he tells his, you know, about his past, and then it says that after he received Christ, in verse 15... But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb, so you are called from your mother's womb. You're created by God in your mother's womb. You're conceived uh, by God and formed, your, your substance is formed by God in the womb. Those are other scriptures in Psalm 139 and other places where you can, uh, you can search them out. It says, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, so God put a call on his life and the grace to accomplish it. You don't accomplish the call of God in your life by your own ability. There's no way you can do it. You've got to have supernatural ability and power to accomplish it. Verse 16, to reveal his son in me. So, in other words, Christ lived in Paul, Uh, And, of course, he mentions this several times in his epistles that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith and that we may be rooted and grounded in love. You know, we have the ability through the indwelling Holy Spirit for Christ himself to dwell in our hearts through faith. Christ can live in us. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, Philippians 1.19. So Paul understood that Christ was in him, with him, for him. He understood, in fact, God gave Paul the revelation of what it was to be in Christ. In the book of Ephesians, which we will get into a little bit today, uh, the the little phrases uh, in him, in whom, through him, through whom, by him, uh, are all referring to Paul's revelation of what it means to be in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And it says, but by his doing, we are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. In other words, we have a whole new life. Uh, We are... We have God's wisdom in us. In fact, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it talks about we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. How could you possibly have the mind of Christ unless he lived in you? You could study your whole life. Uh, You know, go to whatever theology school or whatever, seminary, and, and not ever really have an understanding of Christ in you, the hope of glory. You may have an intellectual understanding of God, uh, which is, you know, I guess better than nothing, but you know what, if you don't have a living relationship with the living God uh, through the living Christ and by the Holy Spirit, you'll never really walk in God's plan and purpose and experience his power and and the depths of his love. Paul said in the book of Ephesians that we can, because Christ lives in our hearts by faith, we can understand the length and breadth and height and depth of the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. A lot of people are wanting to accumulate a lot of knowledge, whatever profession they're in. That's great. They, they want knowledge, they want information. We're living in the age of information, but understand this that knowledge. without experience falls very short of God's purpose and divine intention for our lives. He wants us to experience the fullness of God. He wants us to know the length and depth and height and width of the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Yes, there is something that surpasses knowledge on this earth and it is the personal experiential revelation and understanding of God himself. Living on the inside of you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, he said, if therefore you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died spiritually, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That doesn't sound like a, a religion, does it? It doesn't sound like a bunch of rules and regulations you've got to adhere to uh, and keep uh, that you wouldn't be able to keep anyways. Now, it talks about a relationship with the living God who is living on the inside of you by his Holy Spirit, who is teaching and instructing you every day of your life, guiding you, leading you in the way that he would want you to go to fulfill the plan and the purpose that he's placed on your life. I mean, it's the most exciting life in the whole world, walking with Christ, living in a place in God with the Holy Spirit as your guide, as your teacher, your instructor, your strengthener, your standby. i tell you what, we have an, a remarkable salvation. Paul said in the book of Hebrews, it was so great a salvation and that we shouldn't neglect it. So I'm going to go on with this a little bit more here. And uh, but let's turn to First Corinthians uh, chapter one just a little bit here and and look at that because uh, I mentioned a few verses from there and uh, I want to give you the uh, the written word of God here. First Corinthians chapter one. It says uh, in verse. Well, let's start in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and so then, our brother, that was one of his, uh, you know, comrades, cohorts, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given to you by Jesus Christ. In other words, he gives you his own grace, his ability, his power, his life. That in everything you be enriched in him You can be enriched in Christ in every area of your life, that in everything you are enriched by him or in him in all utterance and in all knowledge. In other words, you, Christ will give you the revelation of God, the Father, of God, the Son, of of the Holy Spirit, of the, the whole revelation of Christ, the creator of the universe. The whole prophetic revelation of the end times is in the Bible. (laughs) <laughs> the grass withers and the, fl- and the flower f- fades, but the word of our God shall stand or endure forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, Jesus said, but my words will not pass away. And it says in uh, Psalm 119, verse 89 Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You're dealing with an eternal document here, the word of God. It's eternal. And God wants you to understand it. He wants you to have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of his word so that it's not just some written, uh, you know, word on a page, but it's, it's a God-breathed, God-inspired word. That uh, when you open up the Bible, it comes alive, jumps off the page, and God's able to speak to you through the scriptures. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for training, for reproof, for correction, training in righteousness, reproof, correction, that the man or woman of God may be adequate or equipped for every good work. This will equip your life. I don't care what you're doing, what profession uh, you're involved with, you've chosen to be in, or God's called you to be in. God will help you to rise to the top. He will help you to be your very best. He will help you to uh, excel beyond your wildest dreams. If you understand how to hear from God through his word and listen to his voice by his spirit, he'll put you... in a place of great success and accomplishment in your life. You'll look back on your life with no regrets. Oh, I tell you, the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Okay, and then he says here, that in everything you are enriched in him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift. What does that mean? Come behind in no gift. Waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God gives spiritual gifts, the gift of the Holy Spirit. He gives other gifts. We have the the spiritual gifts, nine spiritual gifts. We have the motivational gifts. And then he gives the... Ministerial gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. He gives all these motivational gifts. They're all in Romans chapter 12. He gives all these spiritual gifts the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the working of miracles, the gift of discernment or discerning of spirits. The gift of faith, that special faith. All these gifts are given to the church by God. Uh, They haven't passed away by, (laughs) by any means. You know, some people that, you know, they're taught, oh, these gifts have passed away. Oh, really? Now, when did that happen and give me some scriptures to confirm that the gifts of God have passed away? Certainly, the gift of salvation has not passed away. Certainly, the gift of eternal life has not passed away. Certainly, the word of God that speaks and teaches us about God has not passed away. Neither have, you know, people call their leaders pastors. Well, that's right in the Bible, that's a gift. Apostle, prophet, evangelists pastors and teachers so have are we just do we just have pastors and teachers today or are there in fact still apostles and prophets and evangelists? well Billy Graham was an evangelist. has that office passed away? there are people that have been prophets you know I mean that has not passed away. there are people that are accurate prophets today. There are apostles or set ones or messengers of God, people that lay the foundations in people's lives. Lauren Lauren Cunningham, Youth for Christ, who reached, I don't know, almost every country in the world training youth to go into those countries and evangelize Jesus Christ. Bill Bright, who started the Campus Crusade for Christ, that went all over the United States in in the 60s and 70s and all over the world, Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, I could I could name many others. No, the, there are apostles today, sent ones. Doesn't mean that they're you know special people, but they are sent by God. They're messengers uh, of of God to accomplish you know to to accomplish the building of the church. Prophets who are inspirational teachers of the Word of God who operate in Certain spiritual gifts, I'm not here to teach on that today. Evangelists who are uh, powerful uh, preachers uh, who can throw the net and uh, bring, you know, multitudes to Jesus Christ. Reinhard Bunke was one. Millions of people in Africa came to uh, Christ through his ministry. Daniel Kalinda is another uh, who God's using mightily in Africa and other places. I mean, hey, look. These offices are still relevant today. They're still in operation today and you can see them in operation experientially by watching certain ministers and what uh, you know what gifts that they operate with. So, what I'm saying today, and there are many others that I did not name, but you know, God has given us the gifts and the callings. And the Bible says in Romans uh, chapter 11 that the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable or irreversible. Once God places a call on your life, he gives you the gifts to function in that call and accomplish that call. He gives you the special grace. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. God gives you the special grace to uh, accomplish that work he's called you to do. We're not, you know, we're talking about a supernatural God. You know, God is not just some concept uh, you know, uh, a, a, that we, you know, is not an intellectual concept. No, God is a real live person, the living God. He's the living God. He lives in his people. He walks in them. In fact, let me just go there. I want to I want to share this with you because, you know, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter six. Um, uh, let's Second Corinthians chapter six. Let me let me read this for just a minute because I have a new Bible here today, so I I don't have it all marked up. But here's here's Paul. He says, um, "O ye Corinthians, chapter." 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open wide unto you, our heart is enlarged. Uh, you, are, you are not constrained by us, but but you are constrained in your own emotions. And then he goes on and says, I speak to you as to my children, because he had founded the, one of the churches in Corinth. I speak as unto my children, that you be also enlarged. Does that sound like he's under uh, that they're under some religious control? No, he wants them to be enlarged. He wants to take the lid off their life and help them to be all they can be in Christ. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord or agreement hath Christ with Belial which is the devil or what part hath he that believeth with an unbeliever and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols now listen to what he says here the whole point is about the temple of God and what agreement has the temple of God with idols for you are the temple of the living God as God has said I dwell I will dwell in them and walk in them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Does this sound like the God of faraway places? Does this sound like the God who is, uh, uh, you know, never on the scene? The God, you know, people think, well, God is just a concept. No, he's not. He's a person. And so he says here, I will dwell in them. That means to live. That means live. Abide, and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not what is unclean. He's talking about all this unclean stuff in the world. And I will receive you or welcome you, and I will be a father unto you, and you shall be sons and daughters unto me, saith the Lord Almighty. God's calling people to come out of the corrupt world system and to walk with him in righteousness and godliness and holiness. And you know what? It's not works. You don't make yourself holy. God makes makes you holy through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. How could the Holy Spirit come to live in us if he was coming in to a temple that was not holy. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we pass from darkness to light. We pass from death to life. And we pass out of sin into holiness, godliness. And we actually become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. It says, he made him who knew no sin, meaning Christ, to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. There it is, in him. In him, we're the righteousness of God. We have his life, his nature, his ability living in us in the person of the Holy Spirit, and we're given the gift of righteousness. That means we can fellowship with God. God does not fellowship with sin and uncleanness and you know filthiness. God fellowships with pure hearts, with people that are walking in holiness and godliness. Does that mean we're perfect? Far from it. Do we stumble at times? Yes. Do we fall at times? Yeah. Do we Do we miss the mark? Oh, yes. But the Bible says that if we just, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so he restores us back into fellowship with him, and then we can have that ability on the inside to hear God's voice, my sheep hear my voice. <clears throat> my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. People say, "You can hear God's voice." Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. Does he talk audibly to you? Most of the time, no. Very rarely do I ever hear the audible voice of God. But I have a sense on the inside of my spirit man. The Bible says, the spirit bears witness with our spirit. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. What does that mean? It means that we are a spirit. God, the Bible says in John 4, 24, God, is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. But the Bible also says in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, no, I'm sorry, it's Hebrews chapter 12, that he's the father of spirits. That's us. Because we're made in the image and likeness of God, and the Bible says that we are spirit, soul, and body. It says, "Now, now may the God of peace Preserve you complete spirit, soul, and body. First Corinthians 5.18. So God comes to live in his temple. God does not live, it says in Isaiah, in a, in a building made with hands. But he lives in us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. Emmanuel with us, Christ in us. And so it's so important that we understand these truths. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Thank you for tuning in. And we're going to continue this uh, message on who we are in Christ next time. Have a great day.